day that's going to be. <laughs> Have you got plans on making it home one day? It won't just happen. Have you made plans to see it all the way through? Have you made plans? Fight a good fight. Finish your course and keep the faith. That's what Paul said he did. We quote Paul a lot. We believe his preaching and teaching. I guess we ought to believe his example. That we're going to have to finish this course. Fight a good fight. We're going to have to keep some things. Keep the faith. He said, then there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me. I want to make it all the way home. And I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. But as I never had just, you know, it's one of those things that's there, but until you hear it spoken, it doesn't really hit you as hard. But I'll never forget sitting in that service and Sister Vesta Mangan was, was preaching that morning and she said, he will not say well done. If I have not done well. Well, I tell you, just that flip on it just makes me check myself all the time. God, I want to be right with you because I definitely want to hear him say well done. Let's give the Lord a hand. We're going to make it home one day. It's not impossible. It's not too hard. It can be done. Appreciate our music and our choir today. Thank God for them. Always do a great job. Do a tremendous job for us. I appreciate him so much. The Lord's been so good. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. No better place to be. And uh, I'm thankful for just this, you know, this season of my life. I reminded the Lord again this morning as I was praying. I said, I want to be the best that I can be, Lord. I, I said, if there is any lack, it's on my part, I know. If there's something not getting done, then it's because of me. It's not you. And so I do not want to be, you would have had to have been in the last lesson I gave, but I do not want to be uh, just propping up on the plow. I'm not looking back. I don't want to go back to where I came from, but I also don't want to just sit idle and sit here and not ever do what God called me to do. I want to be productive in the kingdom. I want to see people's lives changed and and. Listen, you don't have to be the most educated to, to impact somebody's life. You don't have to be the most popular to impact somebody's life. You don't have to be the best looking, the smartest, none of that. You just have to be there. Just be present and, and be invested and love people and care about people. And you'd be surprised if the Lord can take this little old guy, little rough around the edges named Peter from the banks of the Red Sea where he was fishing at or the Sea of Galilee wherever he was at fishing and say hey you know what I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom and watch this man who makes mistakes, denies Jesus and does all kind of things that are just like us preach a message that turned the world upside down and watch him change people's lives and so I'm thankful today that the Lord can take the least of us and we can still be the least in our own eyes and God can use us so greatly if we will just be available and we'll let Him. Praise God. One verse of Scripture while you're standing, 2 Corinthians 6 and 18. Just a portion of a, a great passage of Scripture, but it, uh, it states a, a thought that I want to get across to us today. Paul was telling the church what the Lord was saying about 
how he would treat his people. And he said, and will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I want to preach for a little bit today on this thought. Not fostered, but adopted. Not fostered, but adopted. Let's pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you so much and I'm so thankful for you today. Thankful for your word. Thankful for your love and compassion. And thank you, Lord, for making us all one body by one spirit. God, today, open our hearts to receive the word. We want to be better. We want to be changed. We want to be what you have called us to be. And that is to be your sons and daughters. So we ask you to help us with this word today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand and a shout of praise before you're seated. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the Lord this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. Not fostered, but adopted. We know a little bit about that in our own family, and I'll, I'll mention something about that a little later, but um, God had a plan, a desire, that we would not just be uh, anybody to him, but that we would be his sons and daughters. He said, he said, I want to be a father to you, and then I want you to be my children, and it's saith the Lord Almighty. This is the Almighty God's desire today. Whether you feel like it or feel unlovable or feel worthy or feel anything about it, this is God's desire. Lord is, the Lord is speaking his heart toward humanity that I might be your father. Not just a mentor, not just a figure, not just a, a counsel, but I want to be your father. I want to be your protector. I want to be uh, the, uh, your family. I want to be uh, who you're named after. I'm going to be your father. And I was praying Monday night prayer, and the Lord was bringing this thought to my mind, and I was just, I was praying for someone specifically, actually, and um, just felt like, oh, that if I could get a chance to talk to this person and tell them there's so much more for them than what they realize, God has got something and listen, you, I hope that you realize today that you don't even have near all the fullness of what God wants you to have. Surely you don't think I've got everything. You may have everything that he wants you to have at this moment, but it ain't all that God's got for you. And we all start somewhere. Peter did not start out as an apostle. He started out as a Fisherman. He didn't start out with the keys. They were handed to him down the road, but he had to follow Jesus to have these great moments in his life. I surely do not feel like I have seen all the great moments in my life that God has for me. There have been some tremendous ones, but surely I, I am not so uh, prideful to think that I am complete. If Paul could make the statement, I am not uh, perfect and I have not yet attained then surely you and I can make the same statement. But uh, where I have attained, I'm going to hold fast. I'm not going backwards and I'm not letting go, I'm, but I'm going to keep reaching forward to get everything that God has for me. It is not a, a shameful thing to, to acknowledge that, hey, I don't know everything about God. 
Some people are embarrassed. They think, well, I'm a Christian. I should know everything about the Bible. You know, there's a lot of Christian people that won't talk about Scripture because they don't know Scripture. <laughs> and they know some, but they, you know, they, well, I'm not real well read, and I, I don't remember things real good, and I get embarrassed because I can't quote Scripture like so-and-so. That's all right. You don't have to quote Scripture like so-and-so. And I always get amazed, and maybe you notice it too, but when Brother Doug Smith gets up here and preaches, I'm talking about just, he, he man, there ain't no way he's got all that wrote down. He's just up here and then just telling you chapter, verse, and every line, what it said. Just, you know, it's just how he does. That's what it is. But you and I are, are all of us, and even Brother Doug, all of us, are, we're growing, and we're getting closer to God, and God's developing what's in us. And so I have learned that I am not going to cut God off. And uh, despite what they tell you, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. You can teach an old dog new There are still things to learn. Don't ever think, well, I'm, uh, don't, don't get set in your ways so that you can't learn what God's trying to do in your life because you will not be able to be that child of God. That You won't be that son or daughter if you stop him uh, from doing what it takes for you to be. Can I tell you this today, and it's true, that even though God desires us to all be his children, that doesn't just make it so. Well, if God desires something, it's just so. He still spoke the world into existence. You think it wasn't in his mind and in his plan before he opened his mouth and spoke? But he spoke it. The Bible says it's not his desire that any perish, yet some will. Just because he desires everyone to be saved doesn't mean everybody will. And just because he says, I desire for you to be my sons and daughters does not mean that we have got there yet. Doesn't mean we're not on the way. Doesn't mean that it's not in the plan. Doesn't mean that we're not doing everything to get there. But wouldn't it benefit you and I both to know what it takes to be his child? Yeah. There's maybe a little more teaching going on this morning than it is. But uh, let me tell you, I do know some things in Scripture, and, and I do know that there is more than John 3.16. Hey, wait a minute now. Before somebody says, oh, you got something against John 3.16? No, I don't. I love John 3.16. But I also love John 3 and 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 and 7. And if you want to understand John 3, 16, you better read John 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, and 8, 9, 10, 11, and 19, and 20, and everything else. Well, it's true. God wants us to be his. That's going to take a change. We are his creation made in his image, but if we're going to be his children, there'll be a change. Because... The Bible says one time we were children of disobedience and we needed a change in our life. In other words, as Jesus said, we must be born again. John chapter 3, verse 3 through 7, Jesus answers Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he... Entered the second time into his mother's womb and be born. And Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. 
Why, Lord? Because that which is flesh or born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. If it is a must, then the implication for us is that our first birth is incapable of providing what we need to have everything that God wants for us. Why would he tell me to be born again if I was okay like I am? I saw a bumper sticker one day. I almost rear-ended them. It agitated me so bad. And it said, born, born okay the first time. I just wanted to hit them so I could talk to them. Let me get your attention. Oh, hey, despite what they say, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance will pay a, a heavy toll one day. This world that uh, just like, hey, I don't need you, God, I don't need you, Jesus, I don't need his words, I don't need that. They have no idea what they're missing. But for us who have decided, I believe there's something about this Jesus that I want to know and have decided there's more about being in the kingdom than I understand and I need to realize and I need to find out what Jesus meant when he said, I must be born again. There must be something that is lacking in this first birth. Nicodemus wanted to know how can this happen because you know, he, he knew what he was saying when he said, can a man enter the second time into a mother's womb and be born? He knew that's impossible, but you know, that, that's all he can fathom. He can't get it. So the Lord has to tell him, listen, you've got to be born of water and the spirit. Now, to be born of water is not your first birth. I've had people tell me, so that's what he's talking about because you know when a woman has a baby and her water breaks. First of all, that ain't water, even though we call it that. Uh, and also, whenever we uh, study that word, you will see that it translates to water that you would drink or use for washing or things like that. So I can promise you that a woman's water breaking is not something you're going to be bathing in or trying to drink. That's not what that is. So the words are not even compatible. It is two things. You must be born again. You must be born of the water. And then he said, and of the spirit. They're not the same thing. It's not the same. It's not one. It's two separate things that happen. If you want to prove that, you can go into the scripture and you go to the book of Acts and you will see that Peter preached what Jesus told him to preach on the day of Pentecost. And he said, repent and be baptized, that's in water, submerged in water, buried in water, as Paul said in Romans 6, uh, buried with him in water. It, uh, but he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Two separate things. When you read uh, the scripture further, you will see that even in Samaria, because a lot of people think, well, once you believe, you automatically are Filled with the Spirit, and you're okay. But that's not what the Bible teaches. It, it, it's, it's not in there. And so uh, I need to look and see what the Scripture says about it. And so they were having a great revival in Samaria, but there was part of this new birth lacking. They had not received the Holy Ghost. So they sent for Peter and John, some of these apostles, come on down here because we've baptized them. And it, read it. You can read it in the book of Acts. It says they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, but they had not received the Holy Ghost. So when the apostles got there, they laid their hands on them and prayed for them, and they began to speak with other tongues, which is the sign of God filling people with the Holy Ghost. It's two separate acts. In the house of Nicod uh, Cornelius, 
when Peter went and preached, as he was preaching, the whole household was, the Spirit of the Lord moved and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, he says, and they began to speak with tongues as we did at the beginning. And he says, so now that he saw that, was said, who can forbid water that these should not be baptized as well? Uh, Showing us that uh, these two acts are two completely separate acts, but they are the acts that complete us being born again, as Jesus said in chapter number 3 of St. John, when he said, you must be born again. He said, marvel not that I said it. Don't don't be surprised that I said that. You've got to be born again, uh, because we know that Scripture teaches us that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus said, whatever is born of flesh is flesh. 1 Corinthians 15 and 50 says, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It can't, it can't get there. It can't happen. It's not going to do it. You must be born again. It's got to be a spiritual birth. There must be a new birth. You must be born again. Oh, wouldn't it be something if, if, if people had not just jumped on John 3.16? And again, I'm not throwing off on John 3.16. But they have built a whole thing with just this one scripture without looking at the rest of the scripture. You'll see it at the football games. You'll see it on the signs, on the T-shirts, and that's fine. But, oh, if they would hold up, hey, why don't you hold up John 3 and 3? Because, you know, tell the people the whole story. Search the Word of God. Find out what it says. I, you know what I want? I want to be His child. He said, I want you to be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. That's what I want. I cannot be his child unless I am actually his. And I know that all souls belong to him. But let me tell you, I, he's talking about be my bride, be, be in my body, be uh, this uh, church that I'm going to catch away one day. It, 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 something else got to happen for me to get there to actually be his child because he is a spirit. So I can't just be flesh and blood if I'm going to be his child because that which is born of flesh is flesh. It's going to act like flesh. It's going to do the things that the flesh wants to do. But, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. You'll start acting like him when you're born of the spirit. You'll have his qualities when you're born of the spirit. You'll, you'll look more like his child when you're born of the spirit. And so there's got to be, Jesus said, I've gone away to prepare a place for you that where I am you can be also, but we must be born again to enter into that place. Again, just because he prepared the place doesn't mean everybody under the sun is going. We've got to be ready. Flesh and blood cannot inherit it. Oh, I don't know how it's going to be. I'm sure he knows all that's going to be there. But wouldn't it be sad uh, to know that they had to tear half of that place down because he prepared for too many? Now, God's not going to do that. He knows everything. But just that's just a thought for you to think about. Uh, we must be born again to enter that place. 1 Corinthians 6 and, and verses 9 through 11 tells us that, uh, you know, know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, if flesh and blood can't inherit it and unrighteousness can't inherit it, that, must, that tells me that flesh and blood is equated to unrighteousness. If I stay flesh, I stay unrighteous. Well, wait, Pastor, you mean you ain't human now? No, you cut me, I'll bleed. But I've been born again. I've been born of the water and I've been born of the Spirit. I'm not just 
human anymore. I am, I'm not some kind of superhero, but I have been filled with his spirit. And the Bible says, now are we the sons of God? Oh, it does not yet appear what we shall be. There's a continual growth in every child of God. Just like your natural children, when you see them as a little baby, you may be thinking, oh, they're going to do this and do that. But you know what? You're just going to have to wait and see. As they grow, as they develop, you, know, you think, oh, you know, boy, the way they do this, they're probably going to be uh, a builder or something like that. And then, well, they grow up and they, they become a singer or a musician. And you're like, wow, I never saw that coming. Uh, you don't know as they grow and as things are poured into them, they're going to become who they are. And we are who we are because what's inside of us. And, and so he said, don't you know that unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Listen, he's writing this to the church now. How many feels like, well, I'm in the church? Well, then, okay, this is for you and me. This is for you and me, uh, for the church. This is to the church in Corinth, not to the guy sleeping under the bridge that don't know God. This is to the church. He said, I need to remind the saints, don't you know unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Just because now you're in the church, don't think you can do these following things, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, or effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Nor thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now wait. But he said, if I'm born again, I can enter into the kingdom of God. But that's why you've got to read the whole book. Because just because you're born again doesn't mean you get to do all them things and still go in there. It will cancel that out. He said, and such were some of you. Well, if, if I... If we were that, that indicates there's been a change. And if that's unrighteousness, that's the things that the flesh will do. Things that are born of the flesh, they're going to be flesh. They're going to act like flesh. Such were some of you, but you're washed. Oh, I'm washed in the blood. That's right. But study that word see what it says, and you'll see that he's talking about baptism. Get your concordance. Get your concordance out. Look up the word and see what it says. He's not talking about the song, Are You Washed in the Blood? He's talking about that song wasn't even written yet. He, he, was, he was talking about people being baptized. He said, you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus, stop right there. Peter said, repent, be baptized, or washed in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift or the Spirit of God. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you are sanctified, justified when you're born again. Well, it's true. I want to know how to be his child. Some people ask me all the time, say, man, you was crazy when you was growing up, man. What happened to you? Well, that's what happened to me. I've been adopted. <laughs> Listen, it's not God's plan, and it never was for us to not be his children. You know that the first man created Adam. The Bible says Adam was the son of God. Adam was his son. He considered him his son. He, he did not father him, of course. No, he created him, formed him. Then he breathed into him and he became a living soul. It took the breath of God, the, the spirit of God to bring him to life and to bring that soul to life. And he was God's son. I think about when Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He wasn't, uh, they didn't receive it right then. He was telling them it's just like 
the breath, the very breath I breathed into Adam. It's, that's what the Holy Ghost is. It's, it's going to make you my son. In Romans chapter 8, and in verses 8 through 17, listen, listen now how many times he talks about the Spirit and how it pertains to us. In Romans 8 and 8, again, more people love the book of Romans, so let's see what it says. He said, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So that tells me we must be born again. Jesus said you must be born again for the, that whatever's flesh is flesh, whatever spirit is spirit. I, if I'm in the flesh, I can't please God. Wait a minute. I, th- I thought I was being pleasing to God and I, I've got skin. i got flesh. See, then you're not, when you're trying to look at it in a literal sense, you can't understand it. He's talking about you must be born again. There must be a spiritual birth in your life so that you can be pleasing to God. He said, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if I just believe. If I just say, I'll join the church. If I pay my tithes. If I go to revival. He said, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Not around you. Not in your memes. Not, uh, no. Yeah. Yep, not in your goosebumps, none of that. He said, if the Spirit of God dwell in you, that's being born of the Spirit. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, how many times has he said it's in you? Listen to what he's saying. That it dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, because the flesh profits nothing. It's not going to help us get in. It can't inherit the kingdom. The flesh is not an heir to spiritual things. It cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It has no inheritance with God. So, uh, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, because the flesh ain't given me anything but to live after the flesh. For if you live after flesh, you will die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. It takes the Holy Ghost to, to, to help you live right, to do the things that God wants you to do. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself now bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And then if we are children, then we are heirs of God joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So there's a great uh, lesson here that Paul is telling the church, reminding these people, because they're already saints of God in the church, but reminding them that, listen, it is we are who we are because of the Spirit. And we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, which is the Spirit of God. If we don't have the Spirit of Christ in us, he said we're none of His. That means we have not been adopted. We must receive and be born of the Spirit so we can be adopted and be His because God does not want to foster you. God does not want to foster children. 
we have a foster children system in this world, and, and uh, we know very well about that. We have, I have a, a new nephew that he used to be a foster child, but he's been adopted. And, and you know what he is now? He's, he's a Walden, <laughs> and he, he's, he's adopted, and he belongs to my brother and to his wife. He, he belongs, and that's their son. He, he's not their foster child anymore. He's their son. Listen, God don't want to foster you. He wants to adopt you. This is what Jesus talked about. This is what the Bible has talked about in every, the beginning of every gospel. When John the Baptist came preaching, he said, I'm going to baptize you right here with some water. He said, but one coming after me, he wants to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Why? So he can make you flip and flop around the altar? So he can make you have chill bumps and run around? No, so you can be his. He came to reconcile this world unto himself. God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He said, I want you back. I know what happened in the garden and I had to put you out, but now I've got a plan to get you back and I came to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. In John chapter 4, Jesus would allude to the woman at the well, at the well, not at the well, the woman at the well. That's in uh, Sea World. The, uh, uh, he was in Samaria and he was at the well, John 4 and 10. And he said, he answered her, he said, If you knew the gift of God, and if you knew who it is that says to you, give me drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. He was talking about the Holy Ghost. Uh, He wasn't talking about water that jumps around and moves on its own and does things. And he was talking about the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, and he was alluding to what if people would just ask me. He he looked at this woman and it said she had had five husbands and the one she was living with now was not her husband. And she was even from Samaria. And and she's like, why are you talking to me? Because the Jews don't even have anything to do with us. But, you know, all her faults, all of her shortcomings, it did not exclude her from the offer. It was the reason for the offer. Because he desires to be our father. He wants to be our father. He wanted this woman to be his daughter. He's the Lord Almighty. And he was trying to tell her how to be his child. In John chapter 7 and verse 37 through 39. On that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But, see, nobody got that. What are you talking about? This was the end of the Feast of Tabernacles. For the first seven days, they would pour water out to God because they were thankful for the rain that they had for their harvest. And this, on the eighth day, the last day of the feast, they didn't pour water out. And they're thinking, what's he even talking about? We've been pouring water out all week. And he's saying, you know, come to me if you're thirsty and I'll, I'll give you to drink. And said, But this is what he was talking about. He was talking about the Holy Ghost. He spoke of the Spirit, whom those that believe in him, they should. Did not say they automatically. Once you believe, you just receive the Spirit. No, you don't. 
Not automatically. He said that they should. Do you think Peter didn't believe in him? Anybody think that? Anybody think that 120 in that upper room didn't believe in him? But he said, go tarry until you be endued with power from on high. And while they were tarrying and praying, it said, then suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and cloven tongues of fire set on them, and they began to sp- they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. They believed on him, or they wouldn't have ever went and sat down in that house and waited on it. So anyway, he, Jesus says, he spoke of the Spirit whom those who believe in him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So it hadn't automatically come just because they believed. There was still a process. Again, it should be no form of shame to you or I when we come to the Lord that we're like, hey, I didn't know that. But now you do. We're learning. Everybody starts somewhere. And you can have great faith in God and love God and be a good man. Cornelius, Acts chapter 10, it said he was a devout man, prayed always, gave much alms to the people, loved God. It said he was fasting. So he's doing all the things that he thinks believers in God ought to do. He wasn't saved. The scripture said he wasn't saved. He said, send for Peter so he can tell you words where you and your house can be saved. But God saw his devotion and his love and his faith toward him and said, I ain't going to let this guy be lost. I'm going to give him the opportunity to be my child. And so he sent for Peter, and Peter preached. And when he preached Christ, said they all received the Holy Ghost, spoke in other tongues, and then he commanded them to be baptized, and they were all baptized in the name of the Lord. Born again. we got to get out of this thing. And this will help you talking to your family and loved ones and help them see this gospel, man. Look, you don't, it's not, nobody's trying to shame nobody or say, hey, I know more than you. Or I'm, man, I'm just trying to show you what the Scripture says. Why would I not do what the Bible says? Why would I have any less than what God wants me to have? Why would I be fostered when I could be adopted? You know, foster kids, oftentimes they have no legal parent. Sometimes they, you know, they may go into the foster system because, you know, the family, maybe the mom and dad would, you know, maybe they died. I don't know, something happened. Or maybe, you know, there's other reasons for that to happen. But a foster kid, he belongs to another power. Yeah. But adoption for us has been the plan all along. When a, a child is in foster care, the state, the, the government, they... they they have the authority over him. They say, we're going to put him here. We're going to put him there. We're going to take him from here. We're going to take him from there. They can, they can keep him there. They can remove him. They can do what they want to do. You can keep that kid years, and they can show up one day and say, we've got to take him. That's awful. But it's because they're fostered. They can age out of the system. And when they age out, now they're on their own, and they still have no legal parent. There is no name change when you're fostered. And you know, sometimes it's sad because we hear a lot of horror stories that people foster, some, you know, some foster, they just foster kids so they can get the money. And they take the money and they don't buy clothes or food for the kids and the kids are treated bad and the kids are suffering and the kids are neglected 
And that's awful. But it happens. And that happens uh, to those foster kids. They're fostered. And, and sometimes, you know, they're, they're mistreated in other ways, physical ways, things that are awful and things it's awful. But you know what? Almost all foster kids, at least at the beginning, what they're longing for, they want somebody to adopt them. They want to go to one good place and be able to stay. They want somebody that will love them and provide for them and care for them. Can I tell you today that there is somebody like that for this world? That he doesn't want to foster you. He doesn't want all of a sudden you to be removed here or there, but he wants you to come and stay. He said, I'm preparing a place that where I am, you can be also. He said, I don't want to just foster you. Some foster kids have got it good. Hey, when, when they first started fostering Lane, let me tell you, he had family around him. He had a loving, you know, foster, they were foster parents, but they loved him and cared for him. And man, we, you know, celebrated with him and loved him and just there for him and, and just made sure it made him feel like whether he was adopted yet or not, he was part of the family. But guess what? They could have come and took him at any time. They could have walked in that house one day and said, well, we don't like what's going on here and take him. And broke their hearts. And, and that's the, the sad thing about if we stay outside of adoption, there's going to be something going to take us out. We need to be His. We need to belong to Him. It needs to be done right. You know, if you're fostering a kid here, you can't just take off with them. You can't just go, hey, I'm, I'm, I ain't going to tell nobody, but I'm fixing to move to another state. Get somebody kicking your door in in the middle of the night, and you'll go to jail. You can't. You've got to follow them rules. You got. Listen, we got to be adopted. And, you know, even when foster kids are treated good, have the best homes, the best people, still belong to the state. Listen, we've got the best God, and His mercy is new every morning. And he's good to all of us. It rains on the just and on the unjust. And God is even merciful and good to those that don't love him. He's good to everybody. But until they're adopted, there'll always be something that can snatch them away. Some people need to realize that, listen, some parents like my my brother and his wife, they went into fostering with one goal in mind, and that was to adopt it was never. They, it was always. We want a child. We're going to start out fostering, but it's, we're, we ain't going to be just foster parent. We, we want to adopt him. We want to have him. He's going to be our son, and we're going to give him our name. And we're going to have a house for him and a room for him, and we're going to feed him and clothe him and teach him and protect him. And and he won't be. Ain't nobody going to show up and say, "Hey, we got to take him now because he's mine." He belongs to me, and I, it's, it's been done right. It's been done legal, and uh, we're not forging papers or anything like that. It's all right. I was there. We, a lot of our family was there in the courthouse that day when the judge said, hey, uh, this is it. It's done. It's legal, and, and Lane stood up and said, my name is Lane Edward Walden. And that was a fact, Jack. It couldn't be changed by nobody else. The foster person couldn't show up and say, hey, let's, let's, no, no, we're going, no, too late. The adoption has taken place. I belong to him. Adopted, legal, got a name, got an identity, got protection, got provision. Let me tell you, God didn't come to foster you and he didn't come to foster me. We have been wards of the world too long. 
So Jesus came and paid a price, did what it took, sent his spirit in his name so we could be adopted. I didn't go to Calvary for a bunch of foster kids. I come to adopt somebody. I come to give them my blood. I come to give them my name. I come to put my spirit in them. He didn't suffer so he could foster you. He didn't suffer so he could and bleed and die and give his life and go through all he went through just to be a foster parent. He, came, he had one goal in mind. When he looked into that cup, when he prayed and said, except I drink it, uh, he said, if it won't pass unless I drink it, then hey, let it be your will. Then he knew. He said, we've got to finish when he dropped his head and he got ready to take that last breath, and he said, it is finished. He knew that the adoption process is open. Now people can start coming in and getting under the blood. People can start coming in through the name, baptized in his name. He said, the Holy Ghost will come in my name. When a child is adopted, they get their father's name. I've got my father's name. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are one. Well, if they won, they got the same name. Hello, somebody. And his name, unto us a child is born and a son is given. Come on, you remember this. It's on your Christmas card every year. Yeah. Or if you go on and read it in the Bible, sometimes you'd see what it meant. For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. The everlasting father. Somebody tell me what that son's name is. And he'd be called the everlasting father. He came to adopt us. And the word was God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And his name is Jesus. Listen. It's what's in us. That makes us who we are. He said, without the spirit of Christ, we're none of his. We, we don't belong to him without, the, without that spirit in us. We've got to have that spirit. He said, and if Christ be in you, if the spirit of God dwell in you. Let me ask you. He said, spirit of God, spirit of Christ. Well, which one is it? It's the same. Thank you. Oh, I can't figure that out. Can it be two spirits in me? No. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Name of one God, and his name's Jesus. Yeah. It is what is in us that makes us who we are. Uh, you, know, you know what this is? Yeah, it's a bottle of water. But if I pour all the water out, and I put Coca-Cola in it, what is it? What makes it a bottle of Coke? What's in it? If I put M&M's in it, it's a bottle of M&M's. Yeah. Whatever I put in it, that's what it becomes. And the Lord said, I want you to be mine. It's what's in you that makes you who you are. And that's what, and whatever's born of the flesh, it's going to be flesh. But whatever's born of the spirit is going to be spirit. You're not going to be his till you're born of the spirit. Your soul belongs to him. And he's going to be the judge over everybody one day. But if I'm going to be his, he's got to be in me. What a, yeah. 
whatever's in here, that's what it's a bottle of water. Yeah, you ain't got a coffee cup at home. Have you ever drank anything else out of it that wasn't coffee? So we put labels on things. That's my coffee cup. What are you drinking? You can't drink water out of that. But it, we just call it coffee cup, but it's really just a cup. Whatever's in it, then it's a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, a cup of water, a cup of juice, whatever, a cup of buttermilk. Some of y'all like that. I know. I just thought throw it out there. Whatever. It's what's in the vessel that makes it what it is. He's got to be in here. That's what makes us who we are. He's got to be in here. He, he, not around. He can't be fostering you. It's, it's an awful title, but it was, this is, this is Lane, our foster child, our foster son. But now we don't even use adopted son. This is my son. Yeah, no, no more labels about it. It's just, he's my son. What's his, he, he's got my name. He belongs, it's been done right, it's been done legal. We went through all the right process, and now, guess what? He belongs to me. He's mine. He's got the last name. He's got the name. You know what? I went down in the water in his name, and his blood washed my sins away. I was filled with the Spirit through his name. Now I've got his name. His Spirit lives inside of me, and I am adopted. I am his. The Spirit itself. This one he said, the spirit itself, that how many times did he list it? That's in us, that dwells in us. It's the spirit that testifies that we are the children of God. It's not how many times we've read our Bible through. It's not how many songs we've sung with the choir. It's not how many times we've knelt at the altar. It's not how much we've given in our tithing offering. It's not how many mission trips we've been on. It's not how many people we talk Bible studies to. It ain't got nothing to do with all of that. That stuff's important, so important, but it won't add up to anything if we are not His. I've got to be His. You know, some people just love church. It's a hobby. It's a, oh, I enjoy going, man. It's lively, and people are nice and friendly, and I can talk and go out to eat with them, things like that, and that's as far as they go. Missing out so much. And, and, oh, for people that I know who love God, I mean love Him, read their Bibles, pray, and you better know God listens and He, he knows and He's watching. And guess what? If you're sitting in here today, it was because he wanted you and me to hear something else. He said, I need, it's not that uh, he didn't love us or doesn't care about us. He said, the reason that you're hearing this today is because I need you to go a little farther. I need you to have something else. We had a, uh, had brother filled the Holy Ghost Friday night. If he, this ain't embarrassing, but be honest. He said, man, somebody told me he used to think we was a little crazy. Well, I used to think we was a little crazy. First time I rolled up in there and saw people falling out on the floor and speaking in tongues, I thought, what? But when you taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. He started speaking in other tongues Friday night, just like they did in the Scripture. Because Jesus said it would be rivers of living water springing up out of you. 
springing up out of you. Something's, something's going to be coming out of this vessel. Something's going to start moving, coming out. And, and, and that, when it, it gets down inside of you, you don't quench it. You don't bottle it up. You take the top off it. And, boy, you get, get so excited. It, it's like pouring in, pouring in. And whoo! That's what happens. He said, it's living water springing up out of you, rivers of living water from your innermost being, something that you don't have as the flesh. You can't, you can't make it. You can sit around and, and, and imitate it if you want to, but it won't be it. It will come up out of here. It'll be something you don't know where it's coming from. There was a young lady, uh, Brother McGar's, from Brother McGar's church, and she was praying. And uh, well, I, I just asked her, I said, hey, do you, you believe God wants you to have this? You, she was praying with the Holy Ghost. She wanted, she was, little tears coming down her face. I said, hey, Jocelyn, I said, do you believe Jesus wants you to have the Holy Ghost? She nodded her head. I said, is there anything you can think of, anything you, you doubt in yourself? Or you, if there is, I said, you just quit that right now. I said, and you have faith. You believe he wants you to have the Holy Ghost? Okay. I said, then you know what? We're going to lay hands on you, and we're going to pray for you again in the name of Jesus. And when you feel it coming up, you just let it out. And me and Brother Henry, Dave Henry, was standing right there, laid our hands on her and started praying. And, man, she started speaking in other tongues. She believed it. That's the evidence. Tongues is not the Holy Ghost, but it's the evidence of the Holy Ghost. And it has been through the book of Acts. We see it through the book of Acts it, it, that it was. They were born again. They became His. It's the Holy Ghost. It's what's in us. And the way we know it's in us is because it comes out of us. And, that, and we're just like this. Once the Holy Ghost moves in, we ought to be like this transparent bottle where people can see. See, even without, even without the label that the world puts on us. Watch me make a mess right here. All right, now. I should have I cut this before I went up here, but I didn't know I was going to do this. Now, with everything else, there we go. Everything else off. See, that's what God, he breathed into us, boom. Well, that looks like a Dasani bottle. But I know it's water because I can see. That looks like Ed I went to high school with, but hmm. But but I see something else going on in there. I don't see the same thing. I don't I don't see the same thing going on in there. There's something happening. Come on, tell me by show of hands, how many people in this room have in their kitchen cabinet a plastic, a clear plastic container with a red top on that used to have turkey or some other lunch meat in it. Yeah. Do you tear that cardboard top off? You don't leave that? Well, we'll pray for you. You tear that car, you tear the label off. And now it can hold rice or beans or salsa. It might have used, but it, you know what makes it what it is? It's whatever's in it. And, and I can see it. And so we, we take off the, the, the top, take the label off. We take the sticky stuff off the top of it and everything. We wash it and we keep it. And, hey, it works just as good as that one that cost $5 at Walmart and, and it didn't cost me nothing. I, I'm reusing it over and over. And if I break it, so what? I'll buy another pack of turkey. I got, I got turkey and a container. Sometimes God's working on us trying to get the turkey out of us. 
Because, hey, can I tell you this? That turkey's good, but that ain't the best thing I've ever put in that container. <laughs> I put some of my wife's chili in it. So what, what came in the package originally ain't near as good as what I put in it for me to have later. Can I tell you that what, what, what come in you ain't near as good as what God wants to put inside of you? He ain't wanting to foster you, honey. He's wanting to adopt you. He wants to move inside. He wants to be yours. Honey, come to the music for me. Praise God. And see, God intended for us to be something different all along. We all start somewhere. You know, the packages of turkey that now hold your favorite dessert or whatever else, or your lunch for work or whatever you use it for, started out somewhere way away from you, spent time somewhere else. There was a pop price paid for it. And then it was emptied before you could put in it what you wanted to put in it. Listen, we all start somewhere and we're just on this journey headed toward what God wants us to be. We're getting to a place there was a price paid. And once we empty ourselves of this world, once we say, hey, I'm ready, he said, they that believe on me should receive this because it's a promise. Peter said it in Acts 2, for the promise is unto you and to your children and all who are far off. Don't be upset with them that's far off. They're on the way. Don't, don't judge them. Don't look at them cross-eyed. They're they on the way. they just far off. Everybody didn't start in the same place. Everybody wasn't in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Some of them was on the other side of the world. And it was going to take somebody to get in a boat and sail over there to tell them about it. So stand with me this morning. I've watched too many people just being filled with the Holy Ghost this last month. Boy, it's exciting. And some of those that have received the Holy Ghost will tell you, I didn't even know this was something I could have. I, I, I knew there's people, that, you know, I heard of people speaking in tongues, but I just figured it was something for select people or, you know, it, maybe for people in, that were preachers or, you know. The Holy Ghost ain't got a single label on it. It's just the Holy Ghost. Yeah. It's just the Holy Ghost. And he said it's for every believer. If you believe him, if you believe in Christ, you believe he died for you, you believe he came to this earth and died for you, gave his life, rose from the dead, so you could be sin free and be his, you believe that, then the Holy Ghost is for you today. Because he wants to adopt you, not foster you. You know what? God will keep being good to you because the scripture says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. So we don't just go to heaven because God's good. He said, no, goodness is trying to get you to a change, to a turnaround. And so God's going to keep being good to people that don't want nothing to do with him. But once we decide, you know what? I think I do want that. I want to be his. It don't mean you won't make mistakes. Your kids ever make mistakes? Sure they do. 
We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have bad days. There's going to be days when we're smacking our head, but you know, He's going to love you because you're His child. And He's going to be there for you. The greatest joy, I think, for a foster kid is to finally have that adoption. Foster, being foster is like having the spirit of bondage because you can only do what somebody else is telling you. But the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It's time to move from the foster care of this world to the adoption of the Father. She's going to play and sing, but what I want to do is this, and I'm going to open the altar in just a moment, but if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues, and, and you'd love to receive the Holy Ghost, you believe God, you love God, you're, man, you know He loves you. You've got faith in God. But if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost and would like to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost today, it's for you. It's for you. And if you'd like to come down, you can come down to the front now. We're going to have people ready to pray in just a moment. But don't leave here without it. I don't, I'm not going to call you up here on the platform and say, hey, now we're going to all look at you while we pray for you. When I give this altar call, I want you to come. And I want other saints to come with them. And if you would like that, somebody beside you, now listen, saints. If you see somebody you don't know their story, beside them, ask them, have you ever received that? And they say, no, well, I have it. If they say, I would like to, pray with them. Amen. And pray in faith and ask God to fill them with the Holy Ghost. Because he will. For it's a promise unto you and to your children and to all who are far off. So while she's playing this morning, all that would, saints, come with them. Everybody that would, come down. If you'd like to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost today, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, if you'd like to come down and confirm your adoption, maybe it's been a while since you just let that living water flow out. Maybe it's been a while since the living water issued out. Why don't you come uncap the well today? Come take the lid off the well today and let the Holy Ghost begin to talk. Huh. Confirm that adoption. That's it. Come on, saints. That's it. Come on, pray with me.